Gracious and eternal Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning, Lord, that you are alive and that we serve a risen Savior today. God, I just pray this morning what we do and what we say would bring glory and honor to your name. And Lord, we will take this day, Lord, to worship you, to praise you, for you are alive and you live with inside of your people. We are so thankful for that today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will bless your people as they listen. And Lord, bless the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to welcome you this morning on this beautiful Easter Sunday. We want to wish you a happy Easter today. We are so thankful for the risen Savior. He is alive. And we want to praise Him this morning. And I encourage you in your homes today to take the time to worship and to praise Him. Sing along with us this morning as we worship the risen Savior today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Amen. We read in the book of Luke 24, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And this morning, we don't serve a dead God, but we serve a living God. He has risen. He is triumphant over sin, over death, over the grave. And that is something to celebrate today. So we invite you, just as Pastor Grant said, to celebrate, to sing along, and to worship with us in your homes today as we celebrate the risen Savior.
this morning. He's victorious today.
those songs definitely make you want to clap and sing along. And this week as I was getting ready, Lily learned to clap this week. So I would sit to the piano and as soon as I would start, she was ready to go to clap and shout along with me. And it's something to celebrate, even for a baby who doesn't understand. She knows when we start to sing those fast songs that we're celebrating something. And today I'm so thankful that the reason we're celebrating is because of the risen King, the risen and exalted one. He came, he died, but he rose and he's alive today. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I get to worship him, to give him my all today. You are Jesus.
we worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, today. We give you glory. You are the risen and exalted one. The one who conquered death. The one who conquered sin. The one who died in my place. Who took my place on the cross. And who lives forevermore. We just worship you, Jesus. We praise your name today.
We are so thankful this morning that Jesus is alive, and today we celebrate that. We are going to go to the Lord in prayer at this time for many of you that may be viewing that have needs up on your heart. We are also praying today for the Fillier family who have been caused to mourn. We're praying for Lorianne Sparks, who needs a touch of God on her body. We're praying for Darlene Rumbolt as well, Lloyd Sims. We have a family need that we've been asked to remember, and we also have an unspoken request that has been called in. If you are viewing and you have a need this morning, I encourage you. I want to tell you that God knows where you are. And today we celebrate that Jesus is alive, and we celebrate that God answers prayer, and we are so thankful for that. So let's bow together, even in your home or wherever this may find you viewing. We ask you to bow with us now as we bring these needs and your need before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because today we serve a risen Savior. We thank you, O oh God, because you are alive in our hearts and we feel your presence as we worship you. Father, we pray for the needs that are on our prayer list. No doubt we have forgotten some, but we are thankful that you know everything. And I pray for those that may need a physical touch today. I pray that you would heal them with your miraculous power. I pray, oh God, for those that may be walking through deep valleys of sorrow. I pray that you would comfort them, Father. And I pray for those that may be struggling in these uncertain times in our world. I pray today for the peace of God that passes all understanding. We claim the power that is in the cross today. And we know, oh God, that you are with us no matter what. And now I ask for those that are viewing that may have heavy hearts today. The cares of life are many. The burdens may be very heavy. But now I pray that you would release your power, oh God, in their hearts and in their lives. 
And Father, I pray that they would feel a miraculous touch from you. Wherever they need you this morning, I pray that you would make yourself real. And I pray, oh God, once again, we will prove the power that is in the cross. I pray for the pastor as he comes with your word in a few minutes. I pray, oh God, that your word would settle deep within our hearts. And we thank you because the Bible is true. We thank you because we've proven the promises in your word. And we stand up on your word today. Now, I pray that you would continue to move in our land. And I pray that you would continue to bless us as we worship here. And I pray, oh God, that you might move in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are so glad today that we can go to the Lord in prayer such as this. We want to highlight our boys and girls this morning. Uh, this past Monday and Tuesday, we met for Kids Alive and Connect Junior Youth. We had a great time celebrating Easter, and uh, we, we, we just had a really good time. And if you missed it, you really did. But I want to show you the story this morning that we showed in Kids Alive on Monday and on Tuesday as we talked about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And for all the boys and girls or parents, grandparents that may be watching, I just want you to pass this message along that tomorrow morning from 9 to 12, I will be here in the office and I have Easter fun bags done up for all the boys and girls that would like to come and pick one up. So this is for 11 and under. I know maybe tomorrow is a busy day. Um, you're out of school for some time now and doing fun things with your family. So as soon as you get up tomorrow morning, make sure you come and visit me here at the church. And I've got these, these fun bags done up so you can pick one up. Tell your friends. Uh, bring as many as you want. And I'd like to see you tomorrow morning from 9 to 12 noon. All right, we're going to roll this story before we hear from the Word of God. And uh, this story is for our boys and girls today. God bless you. The story of Easter, Jesus' sacrifice. This is Jesus, hey who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming storms and even raised people from the dead. The Jewish leaders and teachers did not like what Jesus was doing or how he claimed to be the Son of God. And so they made a plan to arrest him to get rid of him once and for all. Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, agreed to betray Jesus come in, come in. and give him over to the religious leaders for some money. Jesus was in a garden praying and Judas showed the man who Jesus was. Jesus was arrested and taken to the rulers of the land so that they could decide what to do with him. Jesus was presented before the high council and they asked him if he was the Messiah, the savior of the Jews. They asked him if he was claiming to be the son of God. You say that I am. 
and the council was furious and they shouted that Jesus was guilty and he deserves to die. So they took Jesus before the Roman ruler Pilate and he heard the case against Jesus. Pilate didn't think that Jesus had done anything wrong. Huh, seems okay to me. They found him to be innocent, so Pilate said that he would punish Jesus and then release him. But the crowd kept screaming louder and louder, crucify him, we want him dead. And because of the pressure of the crowd, Pilate turned Jesus over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Jesus was hurt and spit on. His clothes were torn and taken from him, and a crown made out of thorns was put on his head. He was beaten so badly that he could barely stand on his own. And then he was forced to carry his cross so far up a mountain that he needed help because he could not do it on his own. Once Jesus made it to the place where he would be crucified, called the skull, the soldiers around him nailed him to the cross and waited for him to die. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, many people shouted to him, if you really are the son of God, save yourself from the cross. But Jesus knew he had to die to forgive his people for their sins. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land. Three hours later, Jesus took his last breath and finally died. At that very moment, the curtain in the temple that separated the priests from God's holy place tore in two. A soldier watching the whole thing said, this man truly was the son of God. Then a righteous man named Joseph came and placed Jesus' body in a tomb. Three days passed and it seemed that there was no hope. But very early on Sunday morning, the woman who cared for Jesus went to go visit his body and found that his tomb was empty and that he was no longer there. <coughs> Don't be afraid, said an angel. He is not here. He is risen. At this, the woman remembered that Jesus had told them that he would rise again on the third day and ran to go tell the disciples what they had seen and heard. Huh? Hey oh! Ah! And then for the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to his disciples and many others and showed them that he was alive and well. He taught them that what he did was the only way that they could be forgiven and be with God forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life.
chapter 24. We're reading from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and we're beginning to read at verse 1. It says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And as they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus, and it came to pass, as they were much perplexed, the old two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, they bowed down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, Why seek ye living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was with you in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. They remembered his words. They returned from the sepulcher and told all the things to the eleven and to the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women that were with them which told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher Stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. The title of the message this morning is The Brightest Sunrise. The Brightest Sunrise. A couple of days earlier, with a deep sigh, Jesus released the final breath into a darkened sky. His head bowed forward, his body slumped, Jesus was dead. At least that's what people saw standing around the cross. Had the curtain of the spirit world been pulled back, however, they would have seen his soul breaking loose from his body like a ray of sun bursting through the black clouds of the day. Into the unseen world, Jesus soared in a triumphant flight of freedom, no longer tethered to his earthly body, no longer confined to his prison of pain, but on bridal joy, he proclaimed to the spirits that were in captivity that redemption was complete and salvation was secured. The price had been paid, it was finished, but to the average person there could be no victory in the grave where they lay hold of the body of Jesus Christ. It was final. It was cold. And there was certainly no rejoicing at the entrance to the gravesite. But then came a morning like no other in the ancient Roman city. Children romped just like they did yesterday and the day before. Men and women went about their business as usual working hard in the bright sunlight and resting easy in the cool shade of the mountain, worshiping their idols in pagan temples, eating, drinking, and living life in their normal every day. Yet, uh, yet in a few precious hours, they would, they would see something that would forever change humanity. 
About 40 years ago, many of us have heard this message as teenagers and as children. And we wonder, is it still relevant today? And why in the world would we ever believe such an outdated story? Cemeteries have always held a fascination for me. Finding the graves of ancestors, pillars of the faith, strange but true. I have loved to find the history of those people that have lived. But we visit a cemetery today that is empty, strange but true. The greatest claim of Christianity, the greatest truth of the gospel, the greatest reality of faith, the greatest assurance of coming glory can be traced to a gravesite, a tomb, once borrowed, now empty, located inside the outside limits of the old city of Jerusalem. It is a tomb once occupied by the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the significance of Good Friday and Easter for all of us? Today, Good Friday and Easter symbolizes new life, redemption, salvation, security, and a changed life. The blood of Jesus Christ now cleanseth us from all sin. Napoleon, who was on a warfare to claim the entire European continent, one day pulled a map into his office. He looked at England, and he pointed at it, and he said, but for that red dot, I would have conquered Europe. Well, Satan today puts his finger on the blood of Jesus and says, but for that red dot, I would have conquered humanity as we look at this scripture today rather quickly i want to say that our old history ends with the cross but our new history begins with the resurrection number one let's talk about the perplexity of the resurrection verse four and it came to pass that they were perplexed behold two men stood by them in shining garments joseph of arimathea a member of the council and a good and righteous man and took the body of the Lord and prepared it for burial. Jesus, here in this scripture, is now brought to a burial site. The Jews believed caring for the body. They would never cremate it, nor would they destroy it because the body was created in God's image. So there was a purification, a washing, and a pure, pure fume put over the body. Now John tells us that Nicodemus, also a member of the Sanhedrin, helped Joseph in this difficult task of bearing, according to John chapter 19, verse 38 to 42. Jewish custom dictated the proper procedure. The body was washed. It was straightened. It was bandaged tightly from the armpits, the ankles in strips of linen about the foot. There were spices, often of a gummy consistency. They were placed between the wrappings and the folds, and they served partially as a preservative and partially as a cement to glue the clothes wrappings into a solid covering. When the body was thus encased, a square piece of cloth was wrapped around the head, tied under the chin to keep the lower jaw from sagging. So tenderly and solemnly, these two friends prepared his body, but they had to move quickly, for the sun was setting. The Sabbath was at hand. Leaguering behind to help was a caring group of women from Galilee. 
They followed Nicodemus and Joseph as they carried the body away, according to Luke chapter 23. And they returned and placed, placed spices upon the body. These same women returned to the tomb on the resurrection morning with spices to prepare again the body of the Lord Jesus. They had seen his dead body taken from the cross. They had seen him placed in the grave. They had seen the blood flow from his side, from his hands, his feet, and the thorns on his brow. There was no doubt in their mind Jesus had died. He had been buried and was in the tomb. But this was an unmistakable fact. Jesus was dead and Jesus was buried. But as they drew near to the tomb, they were perplexed. Or the New International Version says they began to wonder about all these things. They were very questioned and they were confused. What had happened? Why were they perplexed, you say? Well, number one, there was the sealing of a stone. Mark chapter 15, verse 46. And they brought fine linen and took him down, wrapped him in the linen, laid him in the sepulcher, which was hewed out of a great rock. And they rolled a stone onto the sepulcher. This stone was not only put in place, but it was sealed. The government of the day would have put the seal upon the stone, letting them know that the government had been involved in the burial of Jesus Christ. Now these women are perplexed. They thought to themselves, this stone was large. It was a rounded stone. It had been pushed to the entrance of the tomb by a number of men. These stones sometimes weighed a ton or more. And besides this, the chief priests and Pharisees had secured the tomb. Who could have rolled this large stone and done this cruel act to those that were mourning? They were wondering if the Roman officials did this or did the enemies of Jesus. This seal was stretched like a rope or a cord which covered the stone and sealed it with wax on both ends. But now they were perplexed. The seal was removed and the stone was rolled away. They were perplexed because there had been a setting of a watch. Matthew chapter 27, it says, Make sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. I want to say today for those of you who believe that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. His tomb was guarded by his enemies. His enemies would have never allowed the stone to be rolled, the seal to be broken, and the entrance to be open. Therefore, verifying the claims of Jesus, I will rise again. They guarded by enemies, but yet the tomb was empty. Not only was the tomb to be sealed, there were also guards watching the guard area so that no one could steal the body. Now what could have happened? The guards are not here. They're missing and so is the body. They were perplexed. What has happened? The disciples, according to John chapter 20, they were in isolation. They were barricaded behind closed doors. The doors were shut and they were assembled for fear of the Jews. Now secondly, this morning, not only do we see the perplexity of the resurrection, I want to talk about the proof of the resurrection. As in our day, there is always a need for proof or evidence that will show us that an event really occurred. 
Here as the women reached the tomb, they were perplexed at what had happened, as is the case with so many today. But in the midst of being perplexed, they found the answer, and the proof was before their very eyes. He is not here, was declared. He has risen. The followers of Jesus, some of the, the belief today that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, some will say, number one, the followers of Jesus stole the body. What nonsense. For the disciples were behind closed doors, frightened to death of the Jews. They would have never done this because of their fear of Roman authority. Secondly, some say Jesus did not really die on the cross, the swoon theory. He only fainted, and when the cold hit his body, he revived. What nonsense. The blood and water flowed from his side. The Roman officials acknowledged he is dead and allowed his body to be prepared for burial. He had died. He did not faint. Thirdly, the Roman or religious leaders took the body. This is more observed than the other two. The Roman leaders would have never taken his body. They wanted to prove Jesus was not God. He was not the Messiah. And by removing his body and hiding it could have put in the minds of even the unbelieving, this may have been the Messiah. And then they believed the disciples were victims of hallucinations. Well, if the disciples were victims of hallucinations, so were those who seen Jesus who were not followers of the Messiah. For Jesus was seen, and he walked, and he talked, and they were not hallucinating, for they saw him and heard his words. Then there are those who say the women went to the wrong tomb. I've said before, have you ever met a woman that was wrong? Well, th these women were not wrong. They did not go to the wrong tomb. They went to the right tomb. Well, the angels declared, he is not here. He is risen. Therefore, it is the brightest sunrise. What is the proof of the resurrection? We see the angel's words. A light exploded and a voice boomed. And the woman, women were terrified. He is not here, the voice declared. For he is risen. These women heard directly from the throne room of grace. These heavenly beings that Jesus had been risen. As the rumbling voices faded, the angel's glory dimmed, and a light check clicked on the women's minds. Yes, Jesus had risen, just as he said, and what he had proclaimed, and they reported it to the apostles. What is the proof? There is an empty tomb. Mark chapter 16, verse 6. And he said to them, Be not afraid. You seek Jesus among the living, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Look at the place where they laid him. The empty tomb proved that Jesus was risen from the dead. One writer said that the crucifix is not the symbol of Christianity, but the empty tomb is the symbol of Christianity. As the hearts of the women were beating wildly, the women rushed into the burial chamber that they had seen carved out of the stony hillside. Nobody. Jesus had left the tomb and was now alive forevermore. And the empty tomb was proof that Jesus was alive. Not only do we see the empty tomb and the angels' voices, we see the linen clothes. Luke chapter 24 and 12. Then arose Peter, he ran to the tomb of the sepulcher. He stooped down and he saw the linen clothes laid by themselves. He left wondering in himself what had come to pass. 
there were a hundred pounds of myrrh and perfume placed upon his body. Jesus was in a mummy cocoon from his head to his feet. There was no way a body on its own could release itself from the linen clothes that held his arms and his feet in place. But I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of God rose into the tomb that day and broke him loose from the linen clothes and he came out of the linen clothes. Jesus not only came out of the linen clothes, but the Bible tells us the napkin that had been around his facial area was neatly folded and placed nearby. Does that sound like somebody who was trying to steal a body? Does that sound like somebody who was trying to cover up? After all, there were guards in the garden. There were guards at the tomb. Oh no, my friend, it was an earthquake that shook the garden and the tomb came open and Jesus rose from the dead triumphant over sin, hell, death, and the grave. There is proof today that the resurrection did occur. Thirdly, this morning, not only do we see the perplexity of the resurrection in this portion of Scripture, not only do we see the proof of the resurrection in this Scripture, but I want to talk about the power of the resurrection in this, in this scripture. Christianity today is a religion like none other. There is no other religion in the world that will claim their Messiah came and lived among them, bore in their body their sin, died as their substitute, was buried in the grave, and rose triumphant, and is continually alive. What is declared in the power of the resurrection this morning? Well, firstly, deity is declared. What do you mean by deity, pastor? Well, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans chapter 1. Christ could never have been declared to be the Son of God apart from this miraculous moment. A dead body on a cross was nothing new. An awful period of suffering was normal too. But I'm glad to report to you today that deity is declared. Jesus is the Son of the living God. He died of his own free will and now is resurrected, not as a mere man, but he has resurrected as the Son of righteousness, the Son of God, the eternal conqueror. And deity is declared. This is Jesus Christ. Edwin, Ed, Ed, Erwin Luther said, kingdoms come and kingdoms go, but Christ lives. Centuries come and centuries go, but Christ lives. Kings are crowned and kings are uncrowned. But Christ lives. Emperors decree Christ's extinction. But Christ lives. Skeptics mock and skeptics die. But Christ lives. He lives as the Son of the living God. Not only today do we see the power of the resurrection. That deity is declared. Secondly, I want to tell you the scriptures are fulfilled. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 4. And that he was buried. And that he rose on the third day day according to the scriptures. This is what happened on Easter Sunday morning was already in the scriptures and Jesus became the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Jesus told his disciples they will try to destroy this temple but on the third day I will rise again. The scriptures were fulfilled and gives us power in the resurrection. Not only was scripture fulfilled but I want to say Satan is vanquished. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. Jesus says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be after. There is a prophecy fulfilled today. Satan is defeated. The prophecy of Genesis chapter 3.15, a seed of the woman, she would crush the head of the serpent. And today he has come to destroy the works of the devil. And we believe it this morning. In June, chap June 18, 1885, General Arthur Wellesley, Duke of Wellington, was leading British forces against Napoleon in the Battle of Waterloo. By primitive communication, news of the battle moved from ship to ship across the English Channel. Fog and adverse weather often interrupted the garbed messages. On this morning, clouds of despair settled over the English as the message was received. Wellington defeated the last chance of ending fresh dominate French domination in Europe was over. But when the fog lifted, it was discovered that only half of the message was received. And it now read more clearly, Wellington defeated Napoleon today. According to all standards of human judgment, Christianity failed at Calvary. The message to the underworld and humanity was received. Jesus defeated but the tomb had closed above the wreckage of the Messiah's hopes and dreams. Grew gloom settled like a thick fog over a dejected, disillusioned people. But after three days, beams of resurrection sunshine scattered the darkness of the post-Calvary gloom. Bursting from the day dungeon of death, a living Christ filled the blanks of a badly garbed message. And now it was clear, Jesus defeated Satan today. Satan is vanquished, and that is the message that we declare. Not only is Satan vanquished, Salvation is proclaimed. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in your heart that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Because of the resurrection and the sting of death, sin is removed and we are reconciled to God through the work of the Savior. And if we confess him and believe that the Lord raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Paul, Paul gladly declares salvation is declared through the resurrection of Jesus. It affirms our salvation today. Not only our salvation, but our sanctification is assured. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant will make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Therefore today the power of the risen Christ abides in us, gives us needed strength that we can live in holiness and we can live for Jesus through sanctification today because of the blood of the everlasting covenant and the rising from the dead. Not only is sanctification 
assured and salvation proclaimed and Satan vanquished and Scripture fulfilled. I want to tell you that sanctification is ours, but so is healing. Bible tells us healing is risen. Malachi chapter 4 and 2. But unto you that fear my name will the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, healing and the atonement is ours and is obtainable by faith to the finished work of Calvary. The work is finished. Jesus has accomplished your healing today. Eternal life is guaranteed. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And God had both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. 1 Corinthians 15 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. I heard a story some years ago of a family had gone on a long trip. They were thanking God for protection. But as they were nearing their home, the windows were down. There were no air conditioning. And as they put the window down, a bumblebee came into the car. The girls in the back seat began to scream. The wife began to scream. All of a sudden, the dad took one hand off the wheel, and he gave one swipe, and he took the bee in his hand, and he grasped it, and then he opened his hand, and he let it go, and the girls screamed. He said, lovers, don't scream. Don't worry. They said, why, daddy? He said, because the sting is gone. He held up his hand, and in the middle of his hand was the sting of the bee. And he said, the bee won't sting you now. On Calvary's hill of sorrow and the resurrection morning, Jesus took in his hand death, and he released the sting of death. And he said, live because you will live forever according to the words of God. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Scripture says, if that same spirit, Arab, let me tell you, the scripture says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. And today your mortal body shall be quickened because of the resurrection of Jesus. Christ. We wonder this morning why you're so happy. I'm not at the bar this morning, nor I'm at the sports arena. That will all fade. But because Jesus is risen from the dead, I have and I will and I know everything is given to me through Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. Sorry for getting excited this morning, but I've got something to get excited about. Oh, the day will come we'll all die. And the mortician can make me as pretty as he likes. But they won't have to worry about making my makeup good in the box because I'm already going to be in the presence of Jesus. Let me bring this to a close this morning as the musicians return. Let us examine some of the facts the disciples declared to be the evidence of the resurrection. We see the evidence of sight. Acts chapter 1 and 3. He showed himself alive. We see the evidence of hearing. Acts 1 and 3, they heard 
him speak. The evidence of touch. Luke 24, 39, he said, touch and see. The evidence of taste. Luke 24 and 42, and he ate with them. What are the results of the resurrection? Well, if we read farther in our text today, we see an open grave in Luke 24 and 5. We see open scriptures in Luke 24 and 32. We see an open understanding in Luke 24 and 31. And we see open mouths in Luke 24 and 53. The Buddhists are committed to an eightfold plan of right living, which is the elimination of all desire. Hindus seek freedom from karma through good works and selfless actions. Jews cry and pray at the wailing wall, patiently waiting for the Messiah. Followers of Islam seek acceptance by doing the will of Allah as practiced in the five pillars. But we as Christians today can know with an assurance Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And as the Apostles' Creed says, we'll come again to judge the living and the dead. We're excited this morning. The resurrection has forever changed our lives. As we begin to sing, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. You're listening to me today and you say, Pastor, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but I know that I'm not ready to meet the Lord. Well, why don't you ask Christ into your life right now? Pastor, how do I do it? It's very simple. I already read to you that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, God hath raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Pray with me, will you? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I acknowledge you as Lord, risen from the dead. And I claim my salvation in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, let us know so we can be in contact with you. And the Lord will minister to you. Let's sing as Sister Jenna leads us today. Amen.
his Lord today. We're going to sing because he lives. Pastor Jared is coming to pray with us in a moment, but we're going to sing because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all oh, fear is gone. Because I know he owes the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Today we celebrate a risen Christ. We give glory to God. And we anticipate his second return. On Tuesday last week we had two Bible study and prayer meetings. But this week because we have the funeral of Aruda Fillier at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, we'll only be having one Bible study and prayer meeting at 8 p.m. So we want you to call the church office online tomorrow and uh, book your seat for Tuesday evening together. God bless you. Let's sing this as we worship the Lord. we have great reason to rejoice today because Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive today, we have reason to rejoice because he's alive. We have salvation and we have hope. Tremendous message preached this morning by Pastor White. Indeed, it is good news. And I want to challenge you that are listening today. If you know uh, the risen Savior, uh, then find someone. Share the good news with them that there is hope and it's found in Jesus Christ. I want to remind you this evening that there will be a service on our Facebook page uh, by the Pentecostal Assemblies, Newfoundland, Labrador. Uh, you'll be able to find it here at 7 uh, p.m. Let's pray together and ask God's blessing upon us as we go from here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your presence. And today we rejoice, uh, we celebrate in the risen Savior and what that represents in our lives uh, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for hope. We thank you for eternal life. And God, we pray again for that one that may be listening right now who is still yet uh, to accept you as Savior. We pray, God, uh, that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak to them. And may they find the strength and the courage to call upon you today. Father, we pray that you will bless each one that's listening today. 
And may we continue to walk forward in the power of the resurrection and the hope that it brings forth to us each and every day. Father, we pray that you would bless each one, that you would strengthen them, that you would empower them by your spirit to continue to live for you in this day. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We thank you for joining with us this morning to celebrate Jesus Christ. Oh